Hello guys, you're listening to the Not The Top 20 betting show sponsored by Black Type Bet. We're very grateful to our sponsors, Black Type, who are continuing to offer those who enjoy this show and those who fancy a £10 free football bet exactly that. If you sign up to a Black Type account using the offer code NTT20, you'll be the proud owner of a £10 free football bet on any football selection. Just make a selection and you should see it appear in the bet slip. So thank you to Black Type for their support. Uh, for those of you who already have a Black Type account, there's another way you can uh, get some free bet money off them. That is via Scoreboard. Scoreboard is the game where you pick a nil-nil and an over 4.5 pick from the EFL's action. Um, we had no winners uh, on the 22nd, so we're looking for some winners as we look ahead to the football this Saturday, the 29th of December. Uh, tweet us your scoreboard picks at NTT20pod, at Black Type Bet. George, uh, a very Merry Christmas. We've managed to get together digitally here um, as we've both been spending just a couple of days with, with loved ones apart from each other. Yeah, it's pretty weird not being able to see your face uh, whilst talking about EFL football. Um, <laughs> so uh, apologies if I sound a bit confused throughout the whole thing. But yeah, uh, exciting to speak to you. I'm obviously going on holiday tomorrow so doing this digitally um could be something i have to get used to in the next couple of weeks but looking forward to sitting side by side again come mid-jan <laughs> yeah very merry yule to you um you'll run us through the results from you last can see week me, i'm wincing uh <laughs> yeah and i'm wincing because of this as well um where i just had the one winner last week um and that has really shaken me and uh, sent me sliding towards your figure I, i'm minus 6.99 now having been in the, in the green just two weeks ago um, but I've uh, I've gone on the offensive this week with a pretty big price nap, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, you have had another positive week, uh, three out of six, including a winning nap, um, and you are now minus 10.14. So the gap is closing. Um, between us, we were in profit fairly recently, but now we aren't. It's time to get back on that winning trail, open some Christmas presents, and, uh, and hope we can uh, deliver for the listeners. George Ellick, very much on the offensive this week. There'll be many of you listening, wondering whether that's any change and saying that he's always offensive each week, but uh, that's not for me to say. Uh, we're going to uh, go for our match in focus first up, George. It's, it's in the championship and it's, um, this is a, a newsy one in many ways. Uh, everyone will know that the Boxing Day football was suitably crazy. Now, we're, we're, we're going to move past that and look towards the games on the 29th. But uh, as a result of Nottingham Forest losing a 3-0 lead to Norwich, uh, a lot of reports from a lot of major broadsheet and tabloid newspapers uh, suggesting that uh, Ito Karanka very much at risk and, and may have fallen out with the players. So we're having a look at Millwall v Nottingham Forest here because it becomes an even more interesting match off the back of that. Um, what exactly seems to be the problem at Forest, George? Um, the results, Ali, seem to be the, uh, the, the main problem. It's, it's easy to get... Sacrificing a 3-0 lead um, is never a good thing, but it's easy to kind of forget, I guess, that, that they were 3-0 up away at one of the top two teams in the league. Um, and, you know, the, the manner in which they, they conceded two goals injury time is no good. Prior to that game, they had failed to score in, in three matches. Um, so it, it's fair to say that Ito Crank has had this coming. Um, but having said that, I, I do think that the issue here is expectation. Um, uh, we, we saw in the, in the press reported yesterday that top six was the absolute minimum um, requirement from, from the owners. Um, I think that's way overly ambitious. I, I don't think that the recruitment this summer was anywhere near good enough uh, to aim for that. I don't think the players they brought in 
Um, even though João Carvalho is looking at a class act, you know, if you compare him to the likes of of Hotter and um, and Ruben Neves that the Wolves brought in last season, if we're making comparisons, they're, they're different class and different levels of footballer, really. Um, and with the likes of, you know, I've highlighted Michael Dawson a few times, but the likes of Dawson, um, Guediora, uh, Daniel Fox, these are guys, Claudio Jacob, these are guys, ageing players who, who probably aren't really cut out for, for top teams in, in the league. That doesn't change the fact that Lewis Graben is a top-notch striker at this level. It doesn't change the fact that Joe Lolly's had a fantastic start there. And they've still got a very capable attacking force. Um, and if you look at the away form uh, on its own, obviously they, they play at, um, at the Den. If you look at the away form on its own, only one win, which came at Hull. But in terms of goal scoring, they've really um, been, fly- they've been flying in, basically. Two at Burton Albion, two at Hull, five at Villa, and then the three at Carrow Road. The only exception being a nil-nil draw away at Derby. And they even scored prior to that goals at, at Leeds, Bolton, Middlesbrough, Blackburn. So I think it's just the two blanks so far this season. Uh, that was against Swansea, the other one, uh, as well as Derby. So no issues scoring, which might be a surprise for a cranker team, um, but issues at the back. Um, and I think that uh, Millwall, despite the good, good result last, uh, or yesterday on Boxing Day, um, are still pretty susceptible um, to decent attacks. Their home form is obviously so important to them, but I, I'd expect this Forest team to cause them troubles. Yeah, I think we're, we're sort of singing from the same hymn sheet here. Uh, I took a look at, at Norwich and, uh, sorry, at Millwall, and that was a huge result uh, against a, a fellow relegation threatened team in Reading. Uh, and, and, and they very much got a helping hand, an early red card from Blackett, of course, a fantastic free kick from, from Jed Wallace. Um, from the highlights I saw, uh, you know, despite playing against 10 men for the majority of the game, it, it was Reading. As you might expect, in possession of the ball for the most part, uh, and uh, Millwall not exactly dominant, even with the man advantage. But that was hugely, hugely necessary, that win. After eight games without one previously, that was uh, five wins, sorry, five defeats and three draws in that time. So hugely valuable three points for Millwall, but not enough for me to start believing that this is a, a team that's that's ready for a, to fly up the table, quite frankly. Uh, their home form is is all right. Um, they had drawn two, lost one prior to that win against Reading. And before that, they'd won three on the bounce. So it, as, as you might expect, it is their home form that's keeping them from being a truly, truly terrible team right down there with Ipswich, quite frankly. Um, and, and that's sort of what I'm banking on here. We saw these guys play back a few months ago. It was two all and Forrest were two nil up in that game. And Millwall came roaring back to score two late on. Um, and they... Once they decided to really go for it, I just remember seeing Forrest really struggle to handle it. And we know that Millwall's direct attacking play can cause problems for, for defences. And although Heffalay is very good in the air, Danny Fox is, is a bit undersized as a centre-back. I do feel like Millwall can certainly cause them problems. Uh, they've only failed to score in one of their home games this season, one of their 12 home games. So um, they have been at least good to notch um, at the den, if not always, to, to pick up the three points. So I, I think we're going for the same selection here, George. I, I'm going for Millwall Forest, both teams to score, yes, uh, four to five here. Yeah, I'm going for Millwall Forest, both teams to score at four to five to Ali. So we are going into this one together. Nice, nice. That's good. Now, uh, we'll move on to the naps here. Uh, George, starting with you, your nap is in League Two and so is mine this weekend. Yes, yeah, a few too many championship short price losers for me. And the key thing, I heard you say the other day that you're working out, the key thing with a nap is just to get through it and get your two points through. <laughs> I just, 
I disagree. I think the important thing you've got to maximize. You know, you've got to find the, the the bet with the most value. It doesn't matter if it's even money, four to six, two on, or fifty to one. If you think it's the best value, you have as much as you can on it. And uh, and it hasn't been going too up recently. But I, I, there's one bet this weekend that I think is uh, is is the most incorrect price, and that is Grimsby to win away at Exeter. Um, Grimsby are one of those teams this season. It happens a few times a season, whether rightly or wrongly, uh, where teams are just for, for whatever reason massively. Um, underestimated or overestimated by the market. And I think that right now, Grimsby are certainly that. Um, even their win yesterday at Port Vale, where they were about 5-2 to two mark, which is way too big. Um, and they've got that, that win there. And it's still a huge price here. Um, Exeter, I'm still just not at all convinced by. They've, and they, lost, they have won three on the bounce. Um, but in, their, in those three games, two of them have been at home. And they've scraped past two of the worst teams in the league, uh, in Yeovil and, and Crew. At least Crew were one of the worst teams in the league when they beat them. I think Danny Cowley would have something to say about, about that if he was listening now. Um, and then they got and they beat Oldham 3-2, uh, haven't been 2-1 down. Uh, Oldham have gone on to lose 6-0 away at Carlisle. So that takes a bit of a gloss off that result as well. Um, they're coming off the back of a really, really poor run where they faced decent opposition week in, week out and, uh, and struggled. They lost their, their home game prior to those three games against Peterborough, who have been dropping like a stone ever since. Um, I'm just not buying this turnaround from Exeter. I still think that they are an average team in um, in League Two, and they will get caught out by decent opposition. On the other hand, Grimsby are absolutely flying, and <laughs> if anyone tells me they are not one of the, one of the best teams in this league right now, then I am telling them that they are wrong. You just cannot ignore the, the results. I mean, the home form is obviously uh, the, the strong form: the five-two win against Tranmere, um, the the four-nil win against Notts County, the two-one win against Swindon. Um, but they are absolutely purring. Two clean sheets from the bounce as well. It's not like they're conceding goals either. Um, Michael Jolly has, has, and I can't believe it's Wes Thomas who's, uh, who, who is the catalyst, but it does seem to be. Wes Thomas now scoring from 30 yards, Michael Jolly's greatest ever achievement. Unbelievable stuff. But then you look through their team now, and a couple of months ago, we, we struggled to see the quality. But now with, with an attacking force of, you know, Embleton, Pringle and Thomas just alone um, are, are, are proving to be top players at this level. And, you know, if you're looking at confidence, they're going to be going there absolutely bouncing. Not ideal to have two away games within the space of three or four days. Um, but the idea that, they, that they're 130 shots to get past what I think is an average team is absolutely bonkers to me. Um, so even though it's a big price, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm jumping in on Grimsby. I mean, the, the, the big issue is, is that as good as I, I rate them at the moment, um, realistically, this form isn't going to continue throughout the season. Um, realistically, they're not going to continue to win games at the, at the rate that they are. But having said that, it's, it's more just a case of, of Exeter being, also, in my view, Exeter being massively overrated here on the back of a couple of good results and the market not quite catching up with Grimsby. So 100 to 30, Grimsby, your nap, uh, very much maximising the value, as you mentioned earlier. That would, If that's a winning tip, that will pretty much wipe out uh, all of your um, losers. <laughs> all of your losers, yeah, pretty much. That'll, that'll more or less get you back level. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed for that. Best of luck. Uh, my nap is, and it speaks to something you touched on there, which is not ideal to have two away games uh, in a few days. I think it's, it's. I don't really understand how the fixture computer works, but it feels like a bit odd that over this period on Boxing Day and the 29th, um, you're either at home or you're away for the two games. Uh, I think that... You know, that is, of course, over the course of 46 
games. You have to play everyone twice, and once at yours and once at theirs and stuff. But it does strike me that that's actually quite a major disadvantage. I don't know, uh, because I haven't done enough research, whether this evens itself out perhaps around Easter time, where we'll have games on the Friday and the Monday of Easter. So maybe, hopefully, because I feel like it's a bit unfair. There are some teams spending Christmas travelling up and down the country and playing away teams, uh, playing, sorry, home teams who have been sitting on their heels for a few days and having a nice rest. So um, it, that's why, actually, um, all three of my selections today are, are home teams. And starting in, in League Two with my nap is Tranmere. Uh, they've just gone under even money when I first looked they were even money to beat Yeovil at home on black type. Uh, black type still very much uh, best price available at uh, 19 to 20, 1.95 in decimals. And uh, I mean, r- those who remember everything we've ever said will not be surprised at this. I've tipped up Tranmere to win at home a few times, and I've certainly tipped Yeovil uh, to lose a few times. So I won't bang on about the Yeovil stuff with the manager and the fans. I'll just say that their goal threat seems to have, have largely dried up. Um, you know, they've actually, they're probably unlucky to concede late against Exeter, but their goal was a 30-yarder. The game before, they nicked an equaliser late with a 35-yarder. So they're struggling to create within the box, and I don't think they can rely on those screamers each each day, each week, each game. So uh, it's just nine points from a possible 45, so in their last 15 games. Um, just nine points for Yeovil. They're, they're dropping down the table, of course. They've, they've actually got four away wins this season, uh, which is probably why the price is a bit a bit fatter than, than some of the other home teams across the divisions. Um, but they, those, those, those four, that 4-0 four win against Notts County, the 6-0 against Newport, very much, to me anyway, a distant memory, a, a different time. Uh, as for Tranmere, um, only Luton and Sunderland have a better home record than Tranmere in the whole of the EFL in terms of points per game. Um, they're level with Berry, MK Dons and Lincoln in terms of, of home points. Uh, their home record of eight wins, three draws and just one loss, conceding just five goals in those 12 games. So we, we have mentioned that we've been disappointing about, uh, disappointed about their slight slide down the table. Um, but the home form has, has stayed pretty consistent. Um, they beat Morecambe, dominated them, beat them 3-1, very comfortable on Boxing Day. James Norwood took his goal well uh, after missing a few chances against Berry in a game that they lost. Uh, it's just it's it's quite a simple one really. Tranmere are exceptional at home, one of the best teams in the EFL, uh, and Yeovil are just really struggling. I think uh, there's a there's a huge golfing class between these two teams, so I would have expected to see this, you know, around the four to six mark, um, like a lot of the other home teams this weekend. So Tranmere my nap nineteen to twenty uh, in League Two at home to Yeovil. So let's go up to the Championship then, George. Uh, you are backing the Swans. Yeah, backing Swansea. Um, make this pretty quick. Wigan uh, are absolutely desperate at the moment. Um, despite the decent performance of Portman Road, they lost that game 1-0 um, to, to a team I'm, I'm now basically viewing as a mid-table League One side. Um, they went to West Brom and were, were pretty easily beaten. And the Birmingham home game as well is a sign that maybe uh, it's a team who are regressing towards their away form rather than going to improve it um, across the park. Uh, you've got to be concerned for them. Swansea, on the other hand, their home form was, was brilliant early on in the season. Um, that is is over now. Uh, they've had three defeats in their last four, I think it is. But you look at who's beaten them. It's Norwich, West Brom and Villa. Um, three teams who I'd have in, in probably the top four best teams in the, in the division. They, they continued um, their commitment to not drawing games, only winning or losing by missing a last-minute penalty against yeah, Villa well, to lose. I was, I was about to say that. And, and, and they missed, um, you know, Wilford Bronny misses the chance to put them um, to, to, to be a Baker one all late on. 
and they outshot Villa 19-13 in that game as well, so they had no no problem creating chances. I'm pretty confident that, that the likes of Ollie McBurney and Wilfred Bonney are going to cause no end of problems to this Wigan defence, who are really, really struggling. So, um, at a shade of odds on, at 10-11, this seems like too good a one to pass up. I think, again, if this game was played a couple of weeks ago, it would be a different price. Yeah, so Swansea to win your championship pick. I'm taking... Birmingham at home to Brentford at 13 to 10, 2.3 on the decimal. Um, as you mentioned earlier, seven of 12 home teams in the championship this week are under even money, some well below. So uh, a lot of a lot of people fancying these home teams who have, as I said, not had to do quite as much travelling. Um, and, and so I was thrilled to, to get on one of the teams uh, over even money. Um, we, we know why uh, the, the bookies still fancy Brentford uh, on a game-to-game basis and, and their odds. Uh, often quite sort of surprising um, to those who might not follow the, the data so clearly. Um, and, and I think this is why Birmingham, who are a very, very strong home team, um, are, are 13 to 10 here. I'm delighted with the price. They were worthy winners against Stoke on Boxing Day. A solid 2-0 win. Uh, Magoma chipping in with a few more goals, which is very welcome um, to take the strain off of Djukovic and Adams. Um, we know that, that Brentford are not a good team at the moment in general and certainly not a good team away from home all season. Uh, they've not won in their 12 away games with six draws and six defeats. And uh, a, a good point, absolutely no doubt about that at Bristol City and another fantastic goal from Mopai. Um, but I went to the reverse fixture here uh, at Griffin Park and it was at a time where Birmingham had started the season well, uh, but we weren't sure that it was going to last. And, and Brentford was still on, on this amazing home form and, and it was expected to be a bit, of a, a bit of a procession. And that's not at all how it played out. It was, the, it was a, a great way to realise what this Birmingham team are. They are incredibly difficult to play against. They, they made Brentford so uncomfortable. Um, when Brentford had the ball, um, they, you know, they, they really didn't enjoy possession in the way that we were expecting them to and every time Birmingham won it they were able to, to create something um, you know with a few quick passes um, direct play so I do think that this Birmingham style lends itself to play against Brentford uh, a Brentford team that's still vulnerable still um, fairly uh, unconfident I think it's fair to say and uh, you can't say the same about Birmingham especially at home so 13 to 10 uh, my pick to win in the championship Birmingham at home to Brentford at League One now, George, where are you looking here in uh, in, in League One? I, I made a late change of my selection, so oh. let me know if this, uh, if this clashes with yours. Um, but I'm heading to Kingsmeadow. No. Nope. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. doesn't clash with Perfect. mine. Good. I'm glad. Um, I suddenly got spooked by um, by, by Fleetwood's uh, win yesterday, having thought I, I could draw a line through it. I was going to tip up Pompey. Um, but no, I, I'm going to I'm going to tip uh, AFC Wimbledon here to beat Blackpool. Um, massive two results. Um, for for Wally Downs, really ramming the not the top twenty uh, view on his on his um, appointment that back down our throats for Indeed. the time being, um, and I, it's, it's the manner of their victory against Plymouth. I mean, Plymouth are by no means a huge scout, but knowing what we know about this this AFC Wimbledon team, who have been unable to convert chances into goals, who have been unable to turn good performances into wins, to come back from one 0 down at home and uh, and defeat a relegation rival uh, with a late goal really shows a, a change of direction for me. And, and also, it's kind of what we've been saying for a long time. If, if you maintain that level of performance, things will change. And that may be a sign that things are about to change. Blackpool, I think all season, we've kind of been waiting for them to start dropping away. Um, that's three defeats on the bounce 
in the league and they scraped past Solihull in the FA Cup and needing extra time in the replay and they were pretty lucky to do that as well. Um, I think that the Blackpool bubble may have burst. Um, I've said that once before this season and, and, and was proven wrong, but, but I, I just don't think that their league position um, or their results this season reflect the, the quality of their team. I, I think they'll finish in the bottom half um, this season. And, um, and for Wimbledon to, to have, you know, there's two massive wins against Plymouth and Wickham. Uh, maybe we're starting to see that a change of, I mean, it's hard to say a change of personnel was needed. I don't believe in the manager bounce either. It's just, a maintenance of what they've been doing and finally getting the results for that. So at a hefty chunk of odds against, um, I think there's no doubt here that AFC Wimbledon are the likely winners, as was reflected by the odds. But I also think the price is a bit too big. So one point in League One on AFC Wimbledon at 7-5. to 7-5, to five. very nice, very nice. I am staying in League One. I'm staying with a home team uh, and a shade of odds against. It's Coventry. At home to South End. Now we, we need a little bit of input from you. You were at Oxford South End yesterday. Uh, South End obviously leaving the cast with all three points. Uh, I'm just going to say my piece, and 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 you can let me know if I'm missing something from South End here. I know you were impressed with certain parts of their play, and not that impressed with others. Um, I think that that as I've mentioned, home teams do have a, an extra advantage today. Um, Coventry got a, a great win on Boxing Day at home to Charlton, which should not be sniffed at. Charlton on such good form over the last uh, eight weeks, really. Uh, and, and Coventry, who were on very, very poor form in terms of results. Uh, Coventry, you mentioned on on the 1-24 to repredictions uh, as a team to watch uh, on the data side of things, despite poor results, still posting pretty good performance data, pretty good XG ratio. Uh, and perhaps not taking their chances, and they did so uh, against Charlton to get that win. So a very impressive result, and I'm, I'm going to back them to to beat Southend. I noticed that Oxford went off at four to five on Boxing Day at home to Southend, um, and from what I saw, George, that was you know a fantastic win for them, um, and and something that could, in theory, kickstart their season, but quite a narrow win. Um, certainly a, a fairly even game. Was that does that tally with what you saw? Um, yes, it was a, it was a weird game. Um, Southend's uh, pressing was was pretty unbelievable, to be honest. Um, they, they basically didn't let Oxford have any time on the ball. They had no real interest in, in keeping it themselves. Um, there was, I mean, I, obviously they've got the three points, so so there's you know you can't really have a go. But if I was a Southend fan, I'd be quite annoyed with with players taking kind of thirty seconds and getting warnings from from the referee uh, for time wasting at nil nil after about fifty two minutes. Um, but then apparently Chris Powell does that a fair bit. So, uh, but then, you know they got the win. It's, it's one of those games on a knife edge where James Henry missed a, a really decent chance about four minutes before the goal, and the likelihood is if that goes in, um, then they probably go on and win the match. Um, Southend's goal came from pressing again. They, they went really quickly into Amani Little, who's making his league debut. Um, he gave the ball away in the middle of the park, was passed out to Theo Robinson, who put in a really good ball for Michael Kitely to head home. So a kind of a counter attack that was. Um, it's entirely the, the entirely the wrong way around that, isn't it? It should be Kitely crossing for Robinson. Yeah, I know. It was exactly. a great cross. Well, but again, it's just it's just the nature of the way they play. Um, again, just no desire at all to, to to keep hold of the ball. It's a case of making the opposition make mistakes and seeing if we can pick up the pieces. Um, Kitely was was impressive with his pace. I must say, he's definitely still got it despite those injury problems. Um, Simon Cox is was was quite clearly the class player. Um, on the pitch for them on the ball and Theo Robinson was lively so they do have the, the tools up top to give you problems on the counter-attack um, and I, I'm pretty sure that Coventry won't enjoy the, the time they have on the ball um, that they 
sometimes enjoy. I would, however, say that I wouldn't be surprised if, if that took a hell of a lot out of Southend um, because they were very, very impressive in, in the way that they had their energy or game. But just the one shot on target for each team um, suggests shows you how scrappy it was and how the game was played around the halfway line for the most part. Yeah, I don't think for a moment that Coventry will necessarily dominate this game, but I do think that they can build on that win against Charlton. Um, I like hearing that Southend have expended a lot of energy away at Oxford and, and another away game just a few days later is going to be tough. Um, we've mentioned their injury problems so many times over the, over the last few months. Uh, actually, you know, they've got enough players back to make the starting eleven fairly strong, pretty decent, but there's very little on the bench uh, from what I saw against Oxford. Not much chance really to rotate and to maintain the same level of players in the starting eleven. So, yeah, just a few things here. Uh, eight out of 12 home teams won on uh, on Boxing Day in League One. I'm back in commentary to to double up here at home to um, Southend. So uh, we've got uh, BTTS picks. We've got long shot picks. George, if you want to kick us off which with, with whichever of those you're you're most excited about. Yeah, I mean, my, my both those picks for the, for the two kind of focus on one game. Um, but I'll do BTTS first. Um, uh, Sunderland um, against Shrewsbury. BTTS, yes, at... Um, Five to six. Um, it's just, I mean, Sunderland again yesterday uh, conceded a lot of chances to Bradford, um, kept their clean sheet, conceded a goal that wasn't given. Um, Shrewsbury scoring at a fairly decent rate, uh, notched away at uh, at Accrington um, yesterday, and have only failed to score once in the last five or six. Um, and I think haven't haven't failed to score in the last five at least. So, I mean, I, I think the Shrewsbury will cause the Sunderland team problems as most teams seem to. So um, I'm happy to take that at five to six. Yeah, I'm taking Rochdale and Bradford BTTS. Yes, at four to six. Uh, Rochdale, from their side of things, that BTTS has landed in six of their last seven. They've had a cracking few results over the last week or so. Um, a lot of tight wins, 2-1 against Blackpool and 2-1 against Southend. Previous to that, they lost 2-1 uh, at home to Plymouth, 1-1 against Wimbledon away, and 4-2 they lost to Oxford. So very inconsistent, um, but a couple of others, not just Ian Henderson chipping in, and I do think they, they pose a goal threat. Um, and, and for Bradford, well, weirdly, BTTS has only landed in one of their last six. Um, their results have been uh, a bit mixed, really, but generally winning or losing to nil. However, I do think that it's clear that Bradford's attacking uh, options are starting to click, that they are a threat in, in each game. Of course, in that game against Sunderland on Boxing Day, they did, in a way, score a goal that wasn't given, a, a ball that, that rolled over the line and, and wasn't given by the linesman. So uh, we won't take too much away from them there. So it, just from this point of view, I, I'm, I'm buying into the attacking merits of both teams. I remain unconvinced by both defences and it's the sort of game that both teams will feel like they can win and, and will give a good go. So BTTS, yes for me and Rochdale Bradford uh, currently at four to six with black type, which leaves our long shots. George, talk us through yours. Yeah, I was going straight on the back of what you just said. Um, I'm agreeing with you on Bradford, Rochdale, BTTS, Bradford, Rochdale, BTTS. And I'm going to also say Bradford to win the game as well. Um, I think that I'll be backing them to win the game alone at about the uh, 16 to five mark. Um, but as you mentioned, uh, independently from me, both our researchers flagged this as a BTTS yeser. Uh, Bradford are a completely different team at the moment. Rochdale very rarely has failed to score at home. I can see this being a, a, a game uh, full of attacking intent. And, um, and given that I think Bradford are a bet in the win market, uh, that must mean they have to be a bet in the Bradford and BTTS at 6-1. to one. 
if I ever sit down and write a, a, an NTT20 pod dictionary, because Lord knows we have some some phrases that uh, that your other podcasts probably aren't using as much, then I'm, I need to add a BTTS yeser into that. Um, really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. Um, I'm going for my long shot to Scunthorpe Wickham, and I've decided that this is the game Scunthorpe are going to win. Uh, they have lost six in a row, and they haven't scored for five games but uh, I'm just going against against stats really and, and against Scunthorpe's form I do believe I know it's stupid to say that um, it's just pure like catastrophic defensive errors that are undermining them that are um, you know at nil nil putting them one nil down and, and, and heads are dropping um, they're up against a Wickham side who are very peculiar and unfortunately had a bit of an NTT20 curse uh, since we spoke to Gareth Ainsworth after their amazing run of form after uh, beating Barnsley and moving just outside the playoffs they, they drew away at Gillingham they lost at home to Wimbledon and of course defeated on Boxing Day by Burton so they, they've really um, lost a bit of form and I think that Scunthorpe here with BTTS, yes, uh, is is a is a bet. Uh, it's at four to one. Uh, we know that uh, that Scunthorpe almost certainly will concede, but I do feel like it's it's just so unlikely that that their attack is going to be so 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 bad that they won't notch. Um, and I just think this Wickham side's taken a bit of a hit over the last week or two. Uh, I think they're a bit vulnerable. So I'm 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 going to hope and pray for Scunthorpe fans as much as my own. Um, betting that uh, that this is right. Scunthorpe to beat Wickham and both teams to score at four to one with black type. Um, that concludes this betting show. Hope you've enjoyed it, guys. I hope that the um, what do they call it? The remote recording has been all right. Um, it's a bit different to the norm, but this is what uh, we will be doing over the next few weeks with George enjoying a, a well-deserved break. Um, but we won't be stopping uh, with the betting show. That will continue over the next few weeks. Just to recap our bets, uh, George in the championship's gone with Swansea and I've gone with Birmingham. Uh, in League One, he's picked Wimbledon at 7-5. to five. I've got Coventry at 11-10. to 10. Both of our naps are in League Two. Grimsby for George at 100-30, to 30, his nap away at Exeter, while I'm taking Tranmere, a safer option, I think, at home to Yeovil at 19-20 to 20 at 1.95. Uh, BTTS, yes for me in Rochdale, Bradford. And George's long shot is Bradford to win that game with BTTS at 6-1. to one. Uh, He's got BTTS, yes, in Sunderland against Shrewsbury at 5-6. to six. My long shot, Scunthorpe to beat Wickham with both teams to score, yes, at 4-1. to one. Our match in focus was Millwall against Forest and two teams who are not necessarily um, not necessarily in the best spot at the moment. So we've gone for goals in that one. Both teams to score, uh, is our selection for both of us at four to five. Hope you've enjoyed this one, guys. Please do get involved with Score Bore. Um, we've been getting great numbers involved and uh, it's a great way to, to win yourself a £20 free bet from Black Type. So tweet us your picks at NTT20pod at Black Type Bet. Hope you had a fantastic uh, Christmas. Um, thank you to all of you who enjoyed listening to and shared our 1 to 24 repredictions. Uh, we're thrilled you enjoyed those. We really enjoyed recording them. So um, enjoy the next few days. Uh, enjoy the weekend's football. Uh, and we'll talk again soon. <laughs>